Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. We have made it to episode 59. What is up, dude? Five Niner. Five Niner. I'm glad, glad you remember. Hey, I almost introduced myself as Guy Fieri, and I was going to do my Guy Fieri. Pre- hey, guys, Guy Fieri here, coming to you from Flavortown. And I was just going to try and do the entire episode <laughs> as Guy Fieri, but I don't know. I don't know how long I could have held that for. <laughs> I haven't seen a single one of his shows. I used to be super obsessed. Well, Becky and I used to be super obsessed with him. When we were when we first, first met, we were like obsessed with watching um, that, that diners, drive-ins, and dives uh, show that he did, where he would just kind of go around the country and, and catalog restaurants that give you hepatitis. That was kind of basically the premise right. of the show, you know? I like the other guy, the Anthony Bourdain guy. Oh, dude, yeah. No, he's super, super cool. Um, it, it, I think he's, this is so, this is so angsty of me, but he's gained a certain sense of popularity and notoriety now where it's not, it's like not fun to watch him anymore. But those really mm-hmm. early No Reservation episodes, like seasons one through four, God, those were incredible, man. I've seen him with a couple of cool watches too. He, I, I try to scope them out. I think the he's, episodes that I, I saw. think he's a watch guy. Uh, very early on, I heard him talking about a Tag Heuer. I think I've seen him wearing Panerai. Uh huh. On uh, on whatever his new fucking garbage scene, not garbage, CNN show. Um, <laughs> part, parts unknown. Parts 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 unknown. Parts unknown. Mm-hmm. But uh, what have you seen him wearing? I don't know. I, I I think I saw a really old one, and it hmm. I, th- I think it was a tag, some kind of tag, uh, but not a popular model. Well, here's the thing, man. Try tried and true. First comes money, then comes disposable income for orological needs. That's because <laughs> that guy makes money now. Yeah, he really does. I think uh, I think I've seen like long threads on Watch You Seek about whatever he's wearing. Uh, I, I see some Panerais. Yeah. Uh, oh, he has one of those ceramic Panerais, the black seal one. Oh, radio. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> that's a. Um, that's a. That's, that's a. That's like a five dollar watch, right? It's like a five dollar watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find some stuff and I'll put it in the, sh- in the show notes. I think this is like a Sky Dweller or something. What the fuck's uh, a Sky Dweller? It's not. You know, it's. It, it's it's a uh, it's is it like is it is it like the sea dweller's less successful cousin that no one really remembers like Jerry Christ? <laughs> I don't know if it sells. It actually might sell better than the sea dweller. Okay, the sea dweller <laughs> I think still doesn't sell that well. But the sky dweller is an annual calendar, uh, dual time zone watch, that until recently only came in precious metals. And it's really cool because you control all of the functions by turning the bezel. And I think the crown huh. only has one only has one position. It's kind of it's kind of a gnarly like Did you think it's I think it's the the nerdiest Rolex. You I was going to say, do you think that would classify him then as a watch nerd or someone with money who thought it would be cool to have that watch? Because I do feel like 
they are different. There's practicing urology because it's a luxury thing, and there's practicing urology because of personal fascination. I, I mean, well, I, I probably shouldn't be so stark with my designations. I think you, I think, I guess it's possible to be both. I just wouldn't peg. No, I just wouldn't peg as a, as a watch guy. I just wouldn't. I mean, you can be. I, I've seen. I, I saw like an old video the other day of Kevin Hart, uh, kind of going through like his watch collection, and a couple of them, he's like, "Yeah, I got this one because it's where you start." And then I got that one because <laughs> it's really hard to get. Um, and the Sky Dweller can be tough to, to find um, if you want it in like a certain precious metal or something like that. So, I mean, who, who knows if, if he knows what it actually is. But he doesn't seem like, like a really materialistic kind of guy. I mean, who knows? Yeah, he does seem like a watch guy. I don't know. Huh, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, should, I, should, I should give those shows another try. I haven't watched them. I haven't watched them in a while, but um, but we should we should probably we should probably introduce what the show is about. We should kind of get, uh, get into normal order of operations. Does that sound like this? Oh yeah, does that sound yeah, right? I, th- I think I think our mood our mood for the show just kind of uh, <laughs> took over. I guess today's episode is a very very special one. It is a freestyle loose year recap. Honestly, the past few episodes that we've done have been very structured. It's been a lot of fun. Michael and I, this week in particular, we are recording episode 59 on the 12th, on the 12th, I almost just said on the 12th of August, that just tells you where my brain is, on the 8th of December. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) The year is 1985, guys. I'm not born yet. (laughs) That's my story. (laughs) Um, And we thought it would just be really, really fun to have like a, a fun episode um loose kind of recap of the year talk about favorite moments talk about stuff that was cool and honestly just just hang out actually yeah actual actual orological bark talk because i'm drinking michael are you drinking and if not why not yeah i, I mean I, I finished my my uh my beer i don't have another one sorry what do you <laughs> so, what, what beer are you drinking these days it was uh it was a stardust stardust ipa by I think Elysian like brewing company up here somewhere. I saw that in Publix, uh, yeah. the grocery store here. I didn't get it. Is it good? Is it weird? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's nice. Uh, it- I guess I should be I should be drinking like some some sort of fancy uh, winter lager right now. But uh, you drink- yeah, no, that one's pretty good. You drink whatever the fuck you want, dude. I'll I. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. How hot it is outside. I could be in like a giraffe's asshole on crematoria from Riddick. I will still have hot coffee. Alright? Oh, me too. Same yeah. here. You, yeah. you, you, you do, you drink, you wear whatever the fuck you want to wear, baby. It's alright. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't drink that winter lager crap if, if you don't actually want to. I'm, I'm drinking... What the fuck am I drinking? I'm drinking Killian's Irish Red. I haven't had this since college. Forgot how nice it is. <laughs> And now that I said that I like it, someone's probably going to email us and say, oh, yeah, you know, it's got rat brains in it. Well, I guess that means I love rat brains. All right. Well, as, as usual, everybody on the, inter- on the internet ruins everything. Because <laughs> everyone on the internet is apparently my father at the same time. <laughs> That's just what exactly. I've learned. I'm on to you, Dad. Pretend you can't use your <laughs> iPhone with the big numbers. Uh, but yes, a very, a very loose discussion. Uh of 2017 in watches and maybe some of our favorite moments some of our not so favorite moments mm-hmm. um yeah why not do uh 
a year-end kind of wrap-up. Because um, the next happy happy belated Sinterklaas, by the way, <clears throat> for, <throat> for listeners that that celebrate that. Wasn't that on December fifth, which is my birthday? Someone told me that. I think December fifth is like Sinterklaas Eve. I think it's a sixth. Maybe it's a, the fifth or the sixth. Yeah, it's it's the Dutch the Dutch holiday. Nice for for, for Christmas and slightly racist as well. <laughs> Dude, everything's racist, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time Sega comes out with a white watch, I'm like, well, I gotta be a white watch. I can be a black watch, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why is a black watch gotta be limited? You know? <laughs> everything's oh, everything's yeah. racist, bro. Oh my god. But shall we, uh, uh, before we get into the meat of it, shall we, um, on our tradition, shall we do our wrist checks? Yeah. How's your how's your watch fast going? It is going really well, actually. <clears throat> it's interesting. So for people who don't know, I'm currently watch fasting with my Orient Christmas Chrono. If you're not familiar with the watch fast, uh, basically the watch fast is um, you wear the same watch for an entire calendar month or 30 days if you start it on like in like the middle of a month or you know on like a, on like the third or some shit. I started doing mine December first. So excuse me, I'm burping. Fucking Jesus Christ. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. Every time I buy a beer, I feel like it's that shit that Willy Wonka made. You know what I mean? And it's just full of bubbles, and he's got to burp all the time. Because every time I drink anything that's remotely alcoholic, I just burp. And it ruins everything. It ruins every conversation I've ever had. <laughs> you don't turn into, like, a giant blueberry where they have to... If I turn if I turn to a giant blueberry, I would literally... You can quote me on this. I would slit my own throat, collect the juice, <laughs> and drink it. Because I fucking love blueberries. I would self-cannibalize my shit in a second. A second, dude. <laughs> a crematory second. I don't know if that's a real saying. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> fucking Jesus. A New York hobo's lifetime. So, I don't know, a couple days. I'm not entirely sure. But regardless, I would drink that shit pretty goddamn fast. Um, I am watch fasting currently right now with the Ori Christmas Chrono. I started it December 1st. I thought it would be just like a fun theme of doing the Christmas Chrono during the month of Christmas and then New Year's Day, January 1st, you know, that's when I'll, I'll switch the watch. But, you know, I'm eight days in. On the day of recording, I'm eight days in. On the day of you all hearing this, I think I'll be fucking looking at my calendar. I need, I need new glasses. I need new glasses before my wedding because my glasses are all fucked up because I've had these since like fifth grade. I've had the frame since fifth grade, but the lenses have always changed, you know? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So uh, so Becky's is like, uh, you know, I really think you should get you should get new glasses. And I'm like, why? It's like, because they're going to look terrible in pictures. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so... Just go to just go to Warby Parker, man. What is that? Is it the, is it, is it the thing like, you were talking to me about? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's it's so cheap. Yeah, I'm going to... My grandpa has Warby Parker glasses. I just visited him the other day. Nice. The guy's like... The guy's like 90 and he has these super like trendy hipster glasses. <laughs> I was like, they're like cool, like cooler than mine. I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like you, <laughs> you just need like a turtleneck and some like tight slacks and you look like an architect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Oh, fuck. You have to do that. On the day of you, you all hearing this day, the episode being published, I will be 11 days into my watch fast. It's going good. It's going really, really well. I have not had an a strong drive, a strong urge to wear something else because honestly, the thing is, this watch. So uh, it's a Solar Quartz. 
it's got that great just grab and core grab and go quartz thing going on. I just grab it, I wear it, and like that's it. I I I will say the one watch where I, I really would like to wear it, like I'm really, really like I, I do I don't have I have the urge to wear it, but I don't have the same like barn burning urge that made me fail my first watch fast, you know? Um, just mm-hmm. because I, I enjoyed this watch much more than the watch I tried it with originally, but the watch that's really kind of calling me now is my um, that Squale 30 Atmos. That thing is so cool. Oh, yeah, you just got that one, too. I just yeah. got it, yeah. Just got it, and then I started the watch fast. So if there's one watch, it's probably, probably that one, but otherwise, you know, it's pretty cool. I do find myself feeling guilty for not, like, paying attention to my other watches. I don't know if people have experienced this. You know what I mean? Like, you feel... I think I feel guilty because I know I have... I have enough of a destructive streak to where I could force myself to wear one... I could be. I could force myself to be a one-watch guy. It would suck, but I could totally do it. And I think knowing, knowing that makes me feel guilty about the other watches you know what i mean for mm-hmm. not wearing them or not like handling them or really you know doing anything like that so that's that's sort of what i'm i might be in the guilt phase of the watch fast can we figure out the five stages of watch fast of like watch fast fast not i almost said watch fascism which is not <laughs> well i know the final the stage the, the final stage maybe like day 20 day 25 you get the cold sweats like late at night. Um, you start trembling next to your spouse. Um, withdraws? It sounds like you're going through withdraws. Yeah, yeah. Teeth chattering. You know, the dog is like trembling in the corner. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe I'm just describing my watch fast. <laughs> you may- yeah, we can come up with stages. Yeah, <laughs> we can figure it out. I think it'll be fun. But yeah, no, so far it's great. I love this watch, man. I think, I think wearing it during this time of year, it was... Uh, it was smart. It's a lot of fun, and um, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to the end of the watch fest. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I've learned anything so far. I th- well, like I said, if if Orient did a collaboration <clears throat> watch with Kaz from Two Broke Watch Snobs, I think it, it would be that chronograph that you're wearing. I love this watch so much. I, I it, it's it's very Kaz. It's very Kaz. Is it? That's kind of cool. Yeah. I can dig that. I mean, you you like blue? It's like your favorite color, right? It's got like yeah. a ton of different shades of of the color. It's got texture. I love this case. There's just the you know, I just I, I love this watch so much. The, the thing is also like <clears throat> I just don't see this watch anywhere else. No. I saw yeah. I don't know anybody else that has that watch. No. I saw a Reddit post about it before I bought it. And someone was just like, oh, my grandfather bought this for me in, like, a Japanese grocery store. What is it? You know what I mean? Or or some shit. And someone was just like, oh, we don't really know, but this is the the reference number. And so I just started, like, Googling it. Like, I I got caught in, like, like the orological version of, like, a, 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 a website pornado. Like, I'm just, like, clicking pages that have all these tabs open and I don't even know... How I got to where I got now, but I know I'm in it, and Bill Paxton's here, and everything like that, and I'm just like I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this twister of just like Orient information, and eventually I was able to figure out, you know, the whole thing. Limited edition. They made it in 2016 for Christmas. Made a thousand pieces. I have number. I always I always get confused. I always get confused if it's eight eight four or eight eight seven. 
This is number 884. <clears throat> Luckily, Orient actually numbers their limited edition pieces, not like Seiko. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't want, I don't talk we about should, We should go to we should go to Japan and and find like obscure like Orient watches. Like, I know I know there are cool Seiko ones out there, but you know about them. But I feel like every once in a while you find like you and I we stumble on these random Orient watches and we're yeah. both like what the fuck is this? And it's yeah. like Oh, they only sell it like in camera stores in, in Tokyo or something. Like, <laughs> that's just how it is for Orient. The only I, I emailed I emailed you one the other day. Uh, you ignored me. That's okay. Did you email um, me? I don't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's been a crazy week. It's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm looking right now. The Orient, the Orient Star Classic Mechanical. You, you, I didn't. I didn't ignore you. I replied to you. No, you replied to the Moon Phase. That was another one. Oh, for God's sakes, Michael. Yeah, I sent you. I sent you two. It's okay. I forgive no, you. No, it's not okay. It's... I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> I have nothing going for me except the fact that I'm like a marginally, somewhat agreeable, tolerable friend. That's all I got in the bag, dude. <laughs> all right. And if I let that go, I'm nothing. All right, dude. No, man, you're you're getting married soon. You have a lot going for you. Getting married soon. Yeah, I have a, I have a lot. I have a lot going for me. If you're a flower vendor and I owe you money, that's basically <laughs> those people are keeping me alive by keeping me in their memories because they want my money. <laughs> That's basically uh, what it is. You know what I mean? If none of those people cared about me, I'll disappear from all the pictures like in Back to the Future or, or however time space works. I have no idea. You know? That's why you never tell them that you're buying flowers for a wedding. Dude, I but tried then, telling Becky that. I'm like, I'm like, baby, let's just tell people we're having a family reunion. Oh, no, I want to say wedding. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't realize, babe, that you hated money more than well, I hate it's tricky. Money. It's tricky, though, because <clears throat> you can go to a flower vendor and say like i want to buy a flower from you and it's like okay but you can't go up to a flower vendor and say like hey i need to buy like 200 arrangements but it's not for a wedding <laughs> it's not for a, i want to assure you it's just for a nice sunday dinner i'm throwing for my husband <laughs> in I which case they will, flowers. they will upcharge you again for it yeah Ugh. Incredible, man. But um, what the fuck I was talking about? But yeah, yeah, no. I I I I think I think that would be kind of like a fun trip to do like go to japan spend a week and just honestly just go to just go and explore and see what kind of interesting orients we can find particularly particularly focusing on um jdm orients yeah i don't know if the orient star collection <clears throat> is strictly uh jdm um no is it no there's some there are some um export versions so like the um orient star seeker that gmt that's like thicker than mine but with the interior rotating bezel oh, okay yeah that orient star mechanical moon phase and the orient star mechanical wz 0271el is those are two amazing watches <laughs> how much is the um... I'll, I'll, the mechanical is 398 on Seiya japan wow that's a great price Jeez. Uh, it kind of it looks like the old Seiko watches with the power reserve indicator just under twelve o'clock. Um, nice dressy little watch, uh, thirty-eight millimeters, gold accents, um, just really really nice and and a you know good price point. But that Moon Phase is a little pricey. I think it's around like eighteen hundred. Yeah, at eighteen hundred, you're. I think with Orient, you're going to get a lot for the watch. There's no denying yeah. that. But at 1800, you're also still in like, you're in the realm of watch purchases where you could potentially buy a watch that like 
you've been drooling over for years, like 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 milestone purchases, like like a Speedmaster, or 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 you could um. Yeah, you could save a little more for Speedmaster, and you're already in Nomos territory. Yeah, that's what I was trying. I couldn't. I couldn't remember the name Nomos. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at eighteen hundred, I don't know. It's tough. A buddy of mine has. Um, I might have talked about this on air. I haven't seen him in a while, but he has a Royal Orient. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. I didn't even know what that was until that <clears throat> episode. I didn't know what it was till I met him. <laughs> I just, I just didn't. I just didn't know. I just, I just, I think that would be fine. Did he? Did he go to Japan? Is is he somebody that? No, I think he bought it through Seiya Japan. Oh wow! Okay. Seiya Japan or another online retailer. Um, he <laughs> was so before he would buy like tags, and he had a couple Nomos pieces. And then, like, for some reason, he just got this weird, like, like hair up his ass. Or not hair, but, like, a weird, like, bug up his ass. I have no idea what the... I'm forgetting all of my... Something up his ass. Okay. I'm forgetting yeah. all of my American idioms, Michael. Uh, he had something up his ass. Something happened up his ass. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to stop talking about his ass. <laughs> Where he just really wanted, like, a good Japanese watch. And so, somehow, he just kind of discovered these... Uh, these Royal Orient pieces and his was just it was super I think it's like the, the the ethos of the piece it was super bare bones it was white faced it wasn't anything fancy but like a lot of the fine touches and like the finishings were just beautiful and it felt it felt incredible like holding it like you could actually mm. feel the quality when you held it it was really really cool okay cool <clears throat> fuck I'm like dying over here oh I have an inhaler fuck yeah but um but yeah so the watch pass is going great I'm looking forward to, you know, giving everyone updates uh, next episode. Um, also apologize. Last week, uh, uh, I kind of fell off doing the morning walk segments. Things got things at work got a little crazy. And I'm doing all the wedding planning stuff now because that's like 30 days out. And, and shit's just getting crazy. And, like, things that I thought were in order for the wedding are, like, no longer in order. And so it's just like, ugh. Like, so, so we're, we're doing... We're doing it. We're doing our Jewish wedding, and so we're doing like, like the we're having like a Jewish marriage contract, which is called a ketubah. And so, like I told her, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, let's do it as authentically as we can possibly do it with me as a cultural interloper. Like let's let's like let's do it whatever way it makes sense. And so like, we're trying to figure out how to like transliterate my name, and she's just like, oh, do you just want to be like Kaz, like Mirza, or do you want to be like? Kaz, son of Moog, or whatever. I mean, not son of Moog. That's that's that's. <laughs> it's Worf, but <laughs> but like but like you know what I mean. And so it's just like oh my god. And so we're trying to work with the Cantor as well, who's marrying us, and she doesn't really. She's not very responsive, and it's just like oh man, like literally, like I had I had a moment, Michael. I never thought I would have. I had a straight up, what am I paying you people for? Moment. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen what at some point. What am I paying you people for? <clears throat> full, full Wilson Fisk, like, like mm -hmm. full Wilson Fisk moment there. But um, but yeah. So I, I, I apologize for falling off on the morning walk segments that last week. But uh, this week that you're listening to this episode, you know, I'm gonna, I'll make an effort. You know, regardless of how crazy or weird work gets or anything like that. Um, trying to think. Yeah, no. Watch fast is going good. What are you? I, I've been talking way too long about God knows what. What are you? Uh, what are you wearing for the wrist check? Uh, so for the wrist check, I'm wearing a watch that just I got delivered today, <clears throat> uh, right off the truck. Uh, the FedEx guy came, and I was 
I ran downstairs in my underpants and I uh, signed for it. <laughs> I had like crazy bedhead. I was like, oh, oh, you're here? Okay. Because <laughs> I'm so paranoid of like missing the packages. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing a um, a Doxa Sub 300 um, Aqualung. Yeah. Uh, came in. Edition, like diver. Yeah. Yeah, I came in. Um and it's uh first impressions are pretty incredible um i think this is the first watch i've seen since the re-release of the seiko srp triple seven uh series that really like nailed the vintage reissue thing i think a lot of watches that get a lot of hype like the tudor black bay uh, for example missed the mark in a lot of ways um and this watch kind of just it does it 100%. It just, it has that whole vintage diver thing. I didn't expect it to be so slim. Um, really? That was, that was kind of a surprise. And <clears throat> it's super orange. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's my first, it's my first like orange watch. Um, I think all of my watches are black dial with the exception of like the Collinsville. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very orange watch, and I love it. <laughs> I but love like it that's the that. thing with those docks is like that's like the classic thing, right? I I, I don't know, I don't know, you know too much about about Doxas, so but like that's like that's like the branded Doxa orange, right? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I you know I, I kind of swung by the um, the little vintage shop that we have here, and I was you know I had the watch, and uh, is this the place that kicked you out for turning a bezel? No, this is this is this is the good place. Okay. This is the good okay. place. Um and and the yeah, that watchmaker, I think he's from like Belarus originally. And he's like, Yeah, I've never seen one of these come in. But you know, Doxa, you have a lot of the um we see a lot of old pocket watches, a lot of old like vintage uh, women's watches. Um so but it's weird. Doxa has this this sort of really long um history but people only kind of really care about the dive watches mm-hmm. and yeah the the orange the orange is like the iconic um doxa diver um somebody somebody on our feed called it the original orange monster uh, <laughs> so but yeah that's 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 what i'm wearing another another <clears throat> thing if you're considering these um these 50th anniversary reissues because they did the reissue in 2016 that was just like the plain orange black or silvery white dial Mm -hmm. um they're 42 millimeters just like the original but the thing is the dial is very very small the dial the dial itself i think is maybe just under 36 millimeters so you have you have a case that's kind of wide like a seiko turtle um you have a bezel that's wide. It has two different levels, one for the elapsed time and one for the decompression. And then inside, they they squeezed in this like tiny, tiny dial with a really prominent bubble crystal. Um, and that kind of just like hits you right away. It's such a it's such a strange way to go about the proportions, mm. but it looks really, really cool. Do you think it's However, for the water resistance, the proportions they chose? <clears throat> no i i think i think it was just i think it's just the way it was designed however so many people were kind of thrown off when they 
when they bought like the 50th anniversary reissues like sight unseen that when they came in they were so they were so thrown off that they immediately just flipped the watches they were just wow. like i can't i can't have a i can't have a watch that's 42 millimeters with such a tiny dial with such a tall bubble crystal it, it looks it just looks funny like it looks really really funny um in a way that is hard to describe unless you have one like on the wrist. Are those <laughs> so, the, do you think those are the same people who, when they're in a restaurant and they order like wonton soup, like the description looks great, the picture looks great, I would love some wonton soup, and the guy brings it out and they bring it out and it's got a couple chives on the top and they send it back because uh-huh. like, they don't like chives. <laughs> do you think those are the, Do you think those are the same people who who just flipped the watch because they didn't like the way it looked? It might it might be the same people. People eat um, the damn chives. They're delicious. All right. Yeah. Sorry. You, you can do a lot of fun stuff with chives. Oh, I like chives. I love chives. <clears throat> <laughs> Not as fun as rosemary, though, this time of year. I literally, it is the first spice, and I'm probably the entire, like, my entire relationship with my fiance. So, like, six or seven years, seven years is the first spice today I have ever killed. I've never finished a spice. I have spices that my parents bought before I was born. Okay. <laughs> you still have them. I still have them. They've all they've turned into stones. They've turned into like sandstones of like garlic powder and shit. But the rosemary, the crushed rosemary that I had is the first like herb spice that I finally killed. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Yeah, it is delicious. Two two <laughs> two broke rosemary snobs. I just want to put that out there. All right. The one last uh I guess, you know, you know, besides the fact that it's a doxa and it's um you know, <clears throat> kind of. I don't want to say lore in in, in dive watch history, but you you got to get. You have to be pretty geeky about watches to go for for a doxa. I think I don't want to. I don't want to go out there and say like I'm like it's like super awesome like watch geek and I know like way more than everyone, but it's like what you do. It's no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's a slightly obscure watch. We talk right. about Panerai. We talk about Panerai a lot, and we say like, "Oh, Panerai's Panerai's kind of a watch that you, if you do like it, you go for it after you've done the Rolex thing or after you've done the IWC thing." It, it's just, uh, it's a lot of money to throw down uh, for something that is generally unknown yeah. to most people. Yeah, and I think even among watch people, like Doxa is not that well known. <laughs> Yeah. No, no. Um, I, I, I used to think in my mind that like the obscurity levels between Doxa and like Oris were the same. But then when <laughs> I was in New York, I saw Oris ads on the LIR train, like the train steamer, yeah. and I'm like, okay, clearly that's not the case anymore. I don't think I'll ever see a Doxa ad on a train. I don't think you will. Um, ordering from them is like you feel like you're ordering like from a Ma and Pa like company. Um, <laughs> It's just like kind of broken emails, like a bunch of stuff goes into your spam and like breaks all the time if you try to reply. Um, you got to do like the deposit and then like you're supposed to wait for another email for a special link where you can pay the rest. But that email My went God. to spam. Um, and like you're talking to some dude in Texas, but it's like shipping out of like Vienna. It's, <laughs> To get to get into Doxa is a little bit of a process, and I, you know, I waited for for about like two years to pick the one that I really wanted, and I was thinking about the twelve hundred T for a while, which is non limited. It's a little less vintagey, 
Um, but the size kind of, it worried me a little bit because it, it's almost like the exact dimensions of a Seiko turtle, but the dial is very wide. Okay. So I, I just, I felt like it would be a very large orange watch. <laughs> and if I'm going to do that, I'm just going to buy a Seiko monster. Um, right. Uh, but I guess the other cool thing about this specific model, the the black lung, as they call it, um, that's right. I was going to ask you about that black lung. So it's a it's apparently the uh, the first time that Doxa has collaborated officially with U.S. Divers Co. since 1968, um, and just those those are kind of two really important companies that. Um, I guess propelled the um, the dive industry and just like recreational diving, commercial diving in general. Okay. I'm not a diver. I, I don't know the the crazy specifics of that, but you know there. So what's the difference between this dive? What's it called? National U.S. What's it called? U.S. Divers Co. Yeah. What's the difference between U.S. Divers Co. U.S. Hmm, it's happening. U.S. Diver Divers. Um, the one you just said and. Uh, Patty, the Professional Association of Diving Internologists, or whatever it's called. <laughs> well, Patty's Patty's more of like a regulatory um, okay. organization, so they they kind of oversee a lot of the training and what's needed to be uh, like certified and stuff like that. Okay, um, copy that. U.S. Divers is more like I think I think they're just like an equipment company. Oh, so, okay, cool. Yeah, they worked hand in hand with uh, Jacques Cousteau uh, in the early days to to um, produce a lot of equipment and co-brand a lot of equipment. So nice. these doxes that went to his team were co-branded with U.S. Divers Co. Uh, and that was back in 1968. So these, um, the Black Lung, they call it, it's kind of a reissue of a watch that happened, but only for a little bit. Because they were co-branded with the U.S. Divers Medallion over at like, is this like 7.30 or something like that? It's just off in the corner there, but it's black. So I guess some of the divers complained that when the black minute hand went over the black medallion. Uh, they couldn't see very well. They couldn't see it. So it's rumored that out of the original ones, there's only like 12 left in the whole world. And when they come up, it's just like ridiculous price. Technically, like more rare than a mil sub. Jesus. Um. So yeah, and then Doxa Doxa reissued this. It's a limited edition of three hundred pieces. Oh wow. Uh, which is a little less than the last fiftieth anniversary reissue where they did three hundred of the orange professional, three hundred of the black shark hunters, and three hundred of the white sea rambler. So this one's, I guess, a little more limited. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a cool watch. I'm I'm happy to have it. Um, sometimes I think it's okay to stretch your budget, mm -hmm. um, especially especially <clears throat> when the pre order was such a such a good deal. And at least in my eyes, I'm I'm seeing these things resell now for like ridiculous prices. <laughs> I just that's a totally totally separate. Stupid situation that's going on right now. Right. Um, but I, I'm I'm very grateful and fortunate that I was able to jump on the pre-order that lasted like barely 24 hours. Oh wow, it sold out that quick. It sold out in 24 hours, 
but then it went so they closed it after like 24 hours and then i guess some of the units that they had allocated for some aqua some aqualun staff i mean sorry u.s diver staff mm-hmm. they I, th- I guess those people were like nah we're not going to take them and then they <laughs> took those units and then put them back on the site so it closed after 24 hours and then it reopened and i remember i remember you talking about that that's funny it was it was a whirlwind against <laughs> ordering this watch i'm happy you got that watch because i know you've wanted one for a while and i know it's just a matter of kind of really waiting for the right moment slash right one to show up you know yeah so yeah. that's super cool man yeah and who knows who knows if it's gonna stick around you know right now i just i know i really like it um like i said i've always wanted a doxa and then before pulling the trigger i talked to a couple of doxa collectors and they were like if you're if you're going for your first doxa like this is this is the first and last one so i'm like okay that's cool yeah i'll 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 take a chance on it and and i did so i really like it that's cool and it it is it is a departure from like the, the normal type of watch you go for in terms of like a dive watch i feel like you know what i mean like i said most of your dials are like black dialed dive watches you know or yeah i mean the the only problem now is that it really sticks out like a sore thumb in the collection (laughs) but um yeah it makes me think about the other dive watches that i that i have uh just like today when i was at that vintage shop um they had they had a couple of old like 90s subs that i just like you know i tried on for fun i'm like never gonna buy one Mm -hmm. but you know i looked at those and i looked at the docs and i'm just like and like what else do you need in a dive watch yeah but i feel i I feel the same way about the seiko turtle for example like what else what else do you really need well it's funny Um, because your 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 brain will do like form function aesthetic code switching where it's like oh this is the perfect dive watch you don't need anything else but this is also the perfect dive watch. i mean they're two complete different watches but somehow they both feel like they could be the last dive watch you ever need you know what i'm saying yeah, and I, I, but I know I know people say that like you never like I don't know you can never have too many dive watches. I hear that a, like a bunch, mm-hmm. but I think between the the Seiko SRP Triple Seven, the CWC Royal Navy Diver, all right, this Doxa, and the Citizen that you got me, You're which I wear like I've been wearing that like a bunch this week. By the way. <laughs> um. Like what else do you? I don't like. I don't. I guess subs are cool, but really, like, what else do you need? You're set. I mean, that's that's it. That's like I don't really anything else after that would just be for fun, like superfluous fun. You know. The the only the only other thing that kind of I find enticing now is like a a smaller mid sized diver. Let's say like the Rado Captain Cook reissue Zodiac the non Zodiac Seawolf. Yeah, or the Zodiac, um, like the non-limited ones, or the non-limited um, Rado, Captain Cook, for example. Those things are cool. I saw a picture online recently, like got reminded of how cool it was. That thing is super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. That's it. That's that's what I'm wearing. I mean, just speaking of dive watches, I always, I always wonder, do you think... Like, I know we're seeing the phenomenon... Phenomena... Phenomenon... Phenomenon starring John Travolta. I know we're seeing the sorry. I know we're seeing the phenomenon now, specifically 
with Helios and that people are getting like a return on their value and all that stuff even though I will I will caveat this now by saying you should never buy a watch as like an investment piece and you told and you taught that to me Michael you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. that that doesn't make any sense but people will still do it people will still it's like comic books people will still buy the thing with the idea that in a few years maybe it'll be worth money because this brand will either do something or the brand owner is the next, uh, 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 you know, John Wilkes Booth and they're going to games some kind of notoriety or something. <laughs> something, something, you know what I mean? Do you think that's actually ever going to happen? Do you think that's like, like, this is kind of a weird question to ask, but do you feel like there are, and I shouldn't even just sequester this to microbrands. Do you think there is a watch in our generation that in 10 years down the line will be like, the next bro like break out of nowhere super expensive this was the watch if you bought this watch 10 years ago like the bitcoin like the bitcoin of watches <laughs> you know what i mean i still think i still think there's some room <clears throat> for example if, if you consider if you consider the models that brought tudor back to the united states mm. when they first came to the united states which was around the time that uh, you know, 20 somethings and 30 somethings were getting back into watches again. Uh, so like the some of the original black bays, um, with the ETA movements, the curve, I'd say the black, the curve, the black one, the curve text with the curve text, the, the smiley dial, they call it. That's so cool. Um, not the blue, not the red, but definitely the first black one that they came out with. Gosh, I think it was October of 2015 i'm opening and i'm then, opening a second beer which means i'm on my four, 14th in beer in cas beer math <laughs> cas beer math two beers is basically three sheets so once i finish this second beer we're gonna see what happens i wish i wish you could you can send me one i can instantly. i can pour it over the microphone and see what happens <laughs> this episode will be over very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a good one, actually. That's actually a very just because I feel like it kind of has it checks off all the boxes in terms of it's just a cool looking watch, which is a big thing. It has significance. It really it has you know a uh, 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 kind of orological significance in regards to what the brand kind of like what it did for the brand in terms of like a new watch offering. It got a lot of attention of people who weren't really watch people. And the thing is, I know pretty quickly, pretty quickly when they started deviating away from the uh, Eta movements to in-house movements, people were like kind of wanting, kind of seeking out the Eta movement ones. You know what I mean? Because it's it's distinctively Tudor to put an Eta movement in basically exactly. a role. Exactly. That's right. However, if you take something like the North Flag, and we've talked about this before, which is essentially the forgotten watch already that... <laughs> and the Ranger. You know, moved... Was it the... No, it wasn't the Ranger. It was the North Flag. The North Flag first had the... the oh, I see um, what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It had the first in-house Tudor movement. And that watch is kind of gone now. Like, I don't know who really totally cares about it. These days. Some people did. It's not. Hey, man. Some people listen to the show like that watch. I think. All right. Oh yeah. No. I. I. <laughs> I, I. I totally dig that watch. I you mean, heard it here, spare, folks. Like... If you like that watch, Michael thinks you're a dingus. 
<laughs> if I had a spare three to four grand lying around, yeah, you know. <laughs> is that actually that much? I thought I was like 2,000 bucks. Not that 2,000 bucks is anything to really scoff at because that's... Yeah, like, I, I mean used. I mean used. You can, you oh, can find yeah, it for yeah. that. True uh, but I think I, I even think if you go to like the Tudor site, you got to scroll all the way down to find <laughs> to find the North flag. You got to move past the the 50 something Black Bay models that are available <laughs> these days. But yeah, I, I think, um, you know, maybe maybe watches like that. I guess you can call them future classics. Uh, I never future like to speculate classic. about that stuff. Right. That much. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe super limited, like, MBNF stuff. I don't know. Which is already astronomically expensive. That's not fun. I'm thinking, like, like the Timex Navi Harbor. Something along those lines. Like, what if in 15 or 20 years... Actually, you know what? Really, I could actually see... I could actually see the, the Timex Marlin reissue. I can see it well, happening with that. Today, today, it went back in stock. Yep. It was on the Timex website. And I was actually considering purchasing one just to have on hand for a uh, future giveaway. Are they out of stock again? Um, there were a couple cocksuckers that run a, <laughs> a watch website that decided to publish an article about said watch. And then they got sold out again. Is it us? Um, was it our website? That's... <laughs> it was not our website. <laughs> um... Are we but the yeah, cocksuckers? We could be. It's entirely possible. People have called me worse. <laughs> but no, it's not in stock anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I can I can see that happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a very it's a very nice reissue. Man, that's just crazy though. How about you? Any any uh future future classics you you <sighs> think you'd uh you'd put your money down for? I don't know, cause like like I said, it's hard to speculate because you can't ever anticipate. But I feel like I could see it happening with some of these Seikos. Maybe the Blue Lagoon Turtle and the Blue Lagoon Samurai. Maybe, you know. Oh yeah. Um, Dude, the um on Seiko the uh, the aliens watch that was out for a while. Remember that right, one? Right. That's the, right. That's a good point. Whatever that fucking watch is called. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I, I remember seeing it on Amazon for like three something. They're totally gone now, and you go on eBay, and it's like eighteen hundred to like two thousand bucks. Jesus, like with like a bunch of people watching the uh, the listings and stuff. So, yeah, that can that can definitely happen with Seiko. You're right about that. The thing is, I feel like the the instant classic, that whole idea of a watch or anything really, whether it's a comic book or a car or whatever. I feel like it's easy to think it's possible with something limited edition, but the reality is some of these things that are crazy collectible pieces now, there's almost like a formula in place. The thing is they have to be made in a very not, in a very unassuming manner. So when Detective Comics number 27 came out in like 1945, whatever the fuck it was, I'm sure I'm going to get 4,000 emails correcting me, so I'm sorry guys. <clears throat> I'm like one and a half beers in, okay, guys? I'm not even, I'm not even wearing pants right now, okay? <laughs> Whenever that shit came out, as a first appearance of Batman, first appearance of Batman, that was just a comic book they put out. That was it, you know what I mean? But a couple things happened during that book coming out, Detective Comics number 27, to make it a collector's item. The first thing was kids who grew up with that comic book 
became old men and they really wanted it again. That created the issue of also, well, those things were printed on fucking shitty ass paper and a couple of wars happened as well. So it's really hard for like <laughs> in the process. It's, yes. it's very hard for like perishable items to survive like that, especially when they're just kids toys. You know what I mean? So the idea that something that really wasn't built very well, that was built on a large commercial scale and that might still exist, that was from someone's childhood 50, 60 years ago, and they might have money now, but then let's say there's 20 of those guys and they all have money, they create demand and the thing becomes expensive. You know what I mean? That that comic book, same with Action Comics number one for Superman, they weren't collector's items, they were just things that people made. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's the case also with some of those, um, you correct me if I'm wrong, it's those stainless steel Rolexes that became like super expensive in like the 90s and 2000s, right? You have anyone, the, you have anyone um, I'm talking about? The sport models? Like the, the subs that... The subs, yeah. You, 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 you used to buy them for like 500 bucks, but like that's not the case anymore. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, you're you're totally right about that. And even even now, like, um, you know, something that people hunt for a lot these days is a no date Submariner um, mm -hmm. that you can slap on a NATO and look like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> people don't say that, but that's what they want to do. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the fifty five twelve is too expensive, so people moved on to the fifty five thirteen. That thing is stupid expensive now, so people moved on to the 14060, um, you know, and now that's a watch that you can get for three grand maybe like five years ago, and now they're they're coming up to like 7,000, 8,000 uh, in good condition with the box and papers. But when those watches were first made, there wasn't anything special about them. They were just making watches, right? No, yeah, and if you go back even further, say like the... Uh, you know the 80s for example a lot of the stainless steel sport models were generally not super desirable um from from the right. way i understand it it was it was more about the high complication stuff um you know you could buy daytonas for like 500 bucks like sometimes <laughs> even less so, <laughs> And we're we're talking about like exotic dial Daytonas, you know, oh, what people man. call what people call the Newmans and stuff like that. So, yeah, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! <laughs> Moon pies! What a time to be alive! Man, that's insane. But like, it's that. I feel like that's it's kind of hard to put a formula to something like that. But I feel like that's the formula. So if we were to kind of take an academic approach, use a precedent that has existed before. And try and use that information to extrapolate or interpret what might happen in 10 or 15 years. The watch that first popped into my head as I was kind of going off on that tangent initially, for some reason, was the System 51. I don't know why. Mm. They're making a lot of those things. At the same time, if they break, they're broken forever. You know what I mean? Um, yep. It's not really repairable. They're still very unique. They're still very prevalent. But I could totally see something going on like in 15 or 20 years where for some reason... They're expensive. That's not me saying go out there and buy them, guys. I will, I will not be blamed for you wasting your blowing your bank account wads on four hundred system fifty ones. Like I don't know, like, <laughs> it, it, like it's just it's just taking that formula and kind of just sort of speculating, you know. So I I, I, I don't know. Hold on, what are you doing? Stop okay. that! Get over here. You're so bad. God. All right, I'm back. Greg. 
Greg shows up to a red bar meeting. My wife divorced me because I bought 400 <laughs> System 51s. Thanks, Kaz. Dick. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm oh, trying man. to think what else I could quote. I, I could kind of see that happening with. But at the same time, it's not worth it. It's not worth thinking about it for that type of stuff. But it's inevitable. There are some people who will who will only get into comic books because they think they think they're gonna find the one rare comic book. Every comic book collector, when they're first starting out, goes to their local comic book shop, goes through the fucking boxes, finds Spawn comics or finds Spawn number one, and think they hit the gold mine. You know what I mean, dude? It's it's just it's it's never it's never a good idea. I think if you take a hobby like watch collecting, which can be so personal and so enjoyable and um, such a great way to enrich like yourself as a person, because mm-hmm. you get to meet a lot of cool people in the process. You get to learn a lot of things about, you know, microengineering and, and construction and manufacturing that you just, I mean, I never, I never in my life thought I would know the things that I know now. <laughs> That I it's learned. It's a good point. Yeah. That that I learned through being so geeky about watches. <laughs> it, it just it takes a lot of the fun out of the hobby to try to be like uh you know speculative about you know pricing and is this gonna go up? Is this gonna go down? Is this a good time to buy this watch? I mean, really, a lot of a lot of true financial experts will tell you, you know, if you wanna if you wanna get into investing. Buy a fucking house. Get into <laughs> get into real estate, or so. It's pretty. It's a pretty surefire way to get a return on your investment. But with something um, like this, there's return on investment, and there's also what I can only call the antiques roadshow factor. The yeah. the sexy allure of being the guy who bought the Rolex in the seventies when you were stationed in Germany, and like it's now worth. Tens of thousands of dollars. There's like, there's like a bragging, like, 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 like a serendipitous kind of bragging right that you can kind of get with that bullshit. Also, uh, uh, we're uh, never, we're never going to be those people. No, no, with the internet, with the internet of today, you know, millennials, we're not going to be, we're not going to be those fucking people. Yeah, it's impossible. We're not going to be that dude on Antiques Roadshow that bought the GMT Master for like four dollars. I think, I think <laughs> he spent like I, he, he said he spent half of his like army paycheck on it. Like monthly army. No, paycheck. I think he spent like I think he spent like more than a month because he bought he bought the GMT Master and then he bought another Rolex right. from his dad. But like he showed he showed the the receipt and it was like eight hundred dollars or something. I really wish my kid buys me a Rolex. They're not. <laughs> they're not going to though. They're gonna they're gonna write a bitter memoir about how I was distant. That's that's yeah. that's what my kid's gonna do. Oh man. But that's a but that's a that, I think that's a good point though. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Just to buy try. just buy the things that you like. Buy what have you fun like. With it. If you if you at some point um, find that you've grown um, because of the watch that you purchased and you learned everything that you have to and it's time to part with the watch, you sell the watch, you get what you can, you move on to the next thing. Uh, you know, sometimes you're going to lose money. Sometimes you might make money, and that's a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't navigate through this hobby, uh, with the hopes of like, I don't know, getting rich quick. Well, I think people find it very difficult these days. This is, this is, this is going to sound very weird. I don't think people know how to have fun 
with their choices anymore these days. If you make a choice, it's always like, oh, I have to figure out how I can maximize return this. Oh, I have to figure out, make sure this is the best thing I can get for this purpose, blah, blah, blah. I like the idea of buying something and actually enjoying it or doing something and actually enjoying it without some sort of end game. I don't know if that exists anymore. I think it's hard for people to do that. Well, dude, if, if you if you or I sit down and we go on Amazon because we need to buy a spatula. Like we're going to sit down and sort by average customer reviews. We're going to find <laughs> the fucking thing with like five stars, like 17,000 reviews. And then we're going to buy that one. We're just, yeah, uh, that's, that's the way we go about our decisions these days. Um, Becky and I have deduced that I have made most of my purchases in the past 10 years based on whether or not there was a Mickey mouse on it <laughs> or a bird on it. Uh, I love birds, and for some reason, I just buy things with birds on them. So, like, I didn't realize, but I was buying coffee because I had a toucan on it for years. Okay. There's a. There's have, a have you have you seen the "Put a Bird on It" skit from uh, Portlandia? No. <laughs> oh, you would you would love that skit. Is that um, right? I'll link it. I'll link it in the show notes. Throw, I'll send it to you after this, but I'll link it in the throw show in the show notes. But um, but I think I I I think it'd be really kind of fun to hear people's impressions on um, just sort of the idea of that instant classic, that idea, or like, did you first get into watches because you were trying to make money? I don't know, like 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 or like an investment thing. I don't, I'm not sure, but I I want to switch topics because I want to make sure there's enough time. Uh, to talk about this past year, 2017. Talk yeah. about 2017 was off the top of my head. I think the highlight for me um is probably wind up. Okay. Wind up was so cool. Just because I was there the first time when the show first started. And like the year, how much the 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 amount that the the the, the that has kind of changed in the year for the show <clears throat> could be gauged from wind up to the point where we we were live streaming, we were meeting a lot of you guys, we were getting recognized by a lot of brands, we were meeting people who we knew just by um not not infamy or notoriety, they're not, not 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 Billy the Kid, but like, but like people we just knew within. <laughs> I can't think of a better word, dude. But people we just knew very well because they were well known in neurology that listened to the show and knew who we were. We didn't, you know, it was just it was really a lot of fun. Um, the best thing for me, just in terms of that, also was just um, I think people got to know us a lot more just through live streaming, just through meeting us in person, just through kind of having that touchstone with us throughout that whole weekend. Um, I think that was valuable. I think that was a lot of fun because through that, I feel like we got a lot closer to people as well, to the to the fans, because that's uh, something that's very important you know, to me, just kind of how close we are with the listeners, because I've grown so much, you know, just in doing the show with you, Michael, but also with the listeners and kind of wind up with sort of the, the culmination of a lot of that so and uh and that that relationship is still evolving now especially in regards to rivka you know i'm very very close with uh with with a good handful of listeners now who are rivka early adopters and even if, they, even if they're not there's some who i would really call very good close friends and that's just because of the show so um short answer wind up sorry what is yeah that's I, that's a pretty good high yeah yeah what about you man uh, if we're talking about moments or just like more general, um, you know, topics that are, aren't specifically like a, a single watch, I, I'd say, I'd say maybe connecting with with more people that are into the hobby mm -hmm. uh, through the podcast. Yeah. So like if it's 
if it's through dm or through windup uh or email or something like that it's it's a cool way to get an idea of the culture of this this kind of community you you know you connect with people on this very personal level like this like watch enthusiast level and like you don't you don't know these people but you know you can you know you can hang (laughs) that's that's a good way of saying it we don't know these people but but we know yeah we know we can hang i was gonna say i guess i know we can trust them but i mean i got i don't know trust is very complicated but i know (laughs) there's a bond but it's particular within listeners for our show because there are people in neurology who i know i don't like you know what i mean right I gotcha. Yeah. It just, just, no, like for, just people just, my just dad, put on my dad is into my dad's into collecting like motorcycles and stuff. Okay. Right? And sometimes sometimes he goes to like meetups and stuff like that. Or he like you know, he's he can be a pretty shy guy uh, as well, but like, you know, he, he hangs out and uh you know, connects with these people he's never ever met. Right. Uh and I'd say I'd say watches, you know, it's an even like geekier subject to uh <laughs> to, to meet up on um but yeah it's just, it's just kind of re- really cool to to meet other collectors and enthusiasts and and connect with those people even if it's through like a dm or an email and uh, almost find comfort in the fact that you're not alone <laughs> interesting um you know because i i can i can only imagine you know back you know think about the time before there was stuff like watch you seek or before there was stuff like instagram or or any kind of blog that covered you know watches and stuff like you know you have nawcc meetings for example you can meet up then and and see other collectors but how do you know you're not the only crazy person on the planet (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's like comparing the sub dials on different like Hoyer Octavia's or something like that. I that's don't know. A good, that's a good, that's a good point, actually. What the hell did people... It's like, what did people do before the internet? <laughs> yeah, but I guess pretty much. What did people do before uh, before the internet of watches, I guess? <laughs> so, yeah, con- connecting with people, that, that, was, that was a really cool high. Um, a good one. What about specific models, you know, off specific the top of your head? Specific models throughout the year. I'm still... What was it? Was it the during Basel, Frederick Constant put out that what is it? That retrograde, that moon phase. What was that? No, it was the chro- the chronograph, the flyback chrono. The, yeah, that thing, you really like that watch. That yeah. thing was so cool. <laughs> that was definitely one that I was uh, I was particularly smitten because I wasn't expecting it, which I think are the most powerful moments of surprise infatuation where you really really don't expect it because i had always kind of written off uh frederick constant as just not really anything on my radar like mont blanc like just not even like i don't even give a shit like i don't i have have no interest i don't if i don't own a proper straight edge razor i probably shouldn't own a mont blanc or frederick constant like that was, <laughs> like that was. I think you even. I think you even mix up the two brands. Sometimes. I did. I did. I'm not intelligent, Michael. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, but I think that watch will always stick out because it was. I don't care about the brand. I still have no feelings for the brand, but that watch, man, that thing was super cool. 
So in terms of like specific model, I'm sure there's more, but that was the first one that popped in my head because I remember, um, I remember I did, I, for the first time in a long time, I did, uh, I did broke watch math. Well, if I sell this and if I save this many paychecks, and as long as we don't do this, and if I can convince my fiance to pay for this, maybe I can buy the watch. You know what I mean? I had done, uh, I had done broke watch math, which I haven't done in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's that's quite a watch. Um yeah. and I think I think they're even like pushing them in, in department stores uh these days. Maybe I can get that guy that stuff. broke that e uh, that that satellite wave to sell me one for five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'll take five hundred bucks for it. You know? <laughs> Dude, all day. I would I would I would literally pay five hundred bucks all day. I'm trying I'm, I'm gonna Google that fucking watch. What the hell is it called? Fred or well first I have to spell, I... first I have to spell Fred Reconstant. Yeah, uh, that's 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 tough. That's a tough one. Frederick. No. Um, no, not Fergie Contact. I, why would I want to contact Fergie, Google? Well, it is it is the Flyback Chronograph Manufacturer. It's a simple name. Flyback. Flyback, come on, no. Manufacturer? Oh, there it is. Yeah. It's loading. Loading. Gosh, I got fucking dial-up connection. Come on. Get off the phone, Dad! Right, I have I have very fond memories of paying of playing uh, uh, Age of Empires and Starcraft, and just being like, "Oh, who's on the phone?" You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, <laughs> I almost hit Imperial Age, motherfuckers, dude! Playing Persian, trying to get them elephants. This is this is such a cool watch. This is such a oh man, this is a fall in love, dude. USD four thousand bucks from the manufacturer. So in a department store. Probably get it for like three thousand. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. It's a that's lot of money. Quite, that's a lot that's of money. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things where it's it's one of those watches that makes me forget I could buy a Speedmaster for three thousand bucks. I could buy that vintage Datejust I've been looking at for so long for three thousand bucks. And I feel like that, those are the good watches. The good watches that make you sounds really weird. Make you want to cheat. On the watches you love, watches you love. Yeah, yeah, no, or cheat, cheat on your budget with. Yeah, can it be even worse? Yeah, you know. But what, what, what about you? Were there any kind of uh, model release highlights for this year? Um. So, I think, I think for me, um, the good and the bad comes from Seiko. Um, but of course, Seiko and- giveth and Seiko taketh away. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you about this. <laughs> so there was there was a watch that Seiko came out with, which was a re-release of a watch that I never really cared for. But now that I see this re-release, I find it a little bit more interesting than the other one. Okay. And you're gonna be, you're gonna be surprised by this. Okay. But it's actually the new cocktail times. Um, <sighs> what's happening to us, Michael? You're liking dress watches. I don't like any watches anymore. What's happening? <laughs> what's happening to us, man? <laughs> I, I dig I dig a lot of the new finishes. Uh, yeah. I dig the the bigger crown. They put like a, a huge like chunky crown on these things, which just I don't know. It's a dress watch, but it looks a little bit more aggressive. And now they offer it on a really cool bracelet. Um, still a little big for for um, for a white dial, at like forty maybe a little bit more than 40, 40 millimeters. Okay. Um, but I can say that those re-releases of the cocktail time i guess bringing it to the north american market it's, the watch is a little bit more interesting um uh, for me right now 
So um, oh, I'm looking at the crowd now. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's bigger. It's it's chunkier. Yeah, you know. Um, another watch that I did not care for when it first came out, but as 2017 moved along, uh, and I I saw it more and more, and now they came out with a crazier version, which is just like I think a perfect watch, is the um the Tag Heuer Heuer Octavia Zero Two. Oh shit! <clears throat> so I guess Tag Tag Heuer did like a contest or a survey where they uh, pulled a bunch of you know fans of the brand to vote on a, a model that they would release or reissue for 2017 it was the octavia i remember um, that yeah, yeah yeah that's so cool yeah so now it's a it's it's a pretty cool chronograph with um a 12 hour bezel so you know i'm gonna go nuts over it <laughs> <laughs> And I saw it, in a lot of photos, it looks really, really big. And I, I've yet to try one on, and it, it might might still be kind of big for me. But I, I think it's, uh, besides something like this Doxa, you know, Sub 300, it's a really, really cool vintage reissue. Um, <clears throat> something else that does it just as well is the Rado Captain Cook. Um, Very cool watch. Very cool watch. But recently... And this one is pretty limited, I think. They came out with a Jack Hoyer limited edition Tag Hoyer Octavia. And it's a 12-hour bezel. It's a traditional white panda like dial layout. But also in the bezel, you have a tiny elapsed time scale. So you could use it for both. You could use it to track a second time zone. Or you can use it as like a dive bezel. Oh, cool. And I don't th- I don't think people have noticed that because the numbers get really small. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a 12-hour bezel with an elapsed time scale inside and you have a chronograph. Wow. So that thing is pretty that thing is pretty sick. <laughs> what uh I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. What watch release occurred that you just didn't give a shit about? <laughs> I think I think we can just let's just call this what this is the worst moment for us <laughs> in watches in 2017. I know mine. <laughs> what? I'll say it loud and proud. I want to hear you say it. I want to hear. I want to hear you say it. <clears throat> it's worse than when you guys bought the Glycine Airmen. You when you literally called the entire watch fan the co- the collective uh, uh, personification of the watch family abstract. You accuse them of being cocksuckers. It's a it's an endearing term. It, I, I use it as as a term of endearment. <laughs> really. I'm so mad. Uh, this was I worse. Did not, yeah, I did not like the Seiko SLA 01762MAS reissue. Now I think I think it was a poor move on Seiko's part. Uh, I still think it's um kind of a difficult watch to swallow. Um, you know, retail for that thing is. Is more than this Doxa that I have on right now. But the thing is, <laughs> I this is one of this is actually a really really good thing to talk about. Would your reaction have been different if the watch was like twelve hundred bucks? Like if it was the price of this new fucking whatever the hell Seiko they put out today from that place I don't want to name. No, I I, th- I think that's I think that's perfectly fine. But you know this, I feel like this happened in the heat of the moment of Grand Seiko separating from Seiko. Mm. So. 
they were positioning themselves as separate brands and Creedor was doing God knows what, like who the hell knows what that is anymore. Um, you know, so I kind of feel like somebody at Seiko said, well, um, you know, we have to separate ourselves from Grand Seiko, but we need something that's also high end within Seiko. Uh, and that's what this 62 MAS limited edition diver is. Did they did they sell all of those? I think they sold them all. I'm not too sure. I see them on eBay now for like five grand plus. Man. You go fuck yourselves, watch family. <laughs> like five grand plus. Like people watching, people bidding, people buying, and it's just you know, I I when somebody when somebody said like you know. We might see a 62 MAS reissue um, in 2017. I got really excited. You were I was so like, oh, excited. I remember that. It was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just going to be like the, it's going to be like the 6309 reissue or like the reinterpretation, like the SRP 777 series. Uh, but then when I, when it happened, I just, I was crushed. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, was, I can't, I can't see myself, um, you know, paying that for a dive watch. That somebody probably picked up like at the dive shop waiting in line to pay for like a tank tank refill, you know? You, if I recall, you had nightmares. I didn't have (laughs) nightmares. Maybe I had nightmares, but I I definitely, I I tossed and turned in bed. Right. I talked to my wife. I was like, I was like, do I do it? Is it worth it? Because I was, I was actually trying to weigh out, um, the options i was trying to decide if this was you know i do like to have a budget with watches i like we talk about watches in the thousand dollar range i am guilty of you know moving beyond that budget Mm -hmm. but i have to sit down and think long and hard before i do that so i've only done it twice responsibly once with the speedmaster and then again with this uh doxa and I was trying to figure out if, you know, getting this was right, but it just, it didn't feel right. Like you can, yeah. like what's happening? The movement, like I can get the movement in a Marine Master 300, you know, which is a badass dive watch that you can get for like 1500 bucks. Um, so I just, I didn't understand the watch all that much. And it was, it was just very disappointing to see a brand that I love so much come out with such a quintessential reissue and price it way above what most Seiko enthusiasts would want to pay. Yeah. Casual yeah. enthusiasts. I think it's just it you did a very smart thing and your brain and your heart basically fought. Your heart's just like, yeah, let's do this, blah blah blah. Your <laughs> yeah. your brain's just like, whoa, there is no reason, no reason why that watch it's four thousand bucks. This yeah, this this I, it doesn't make any called, sense. I even called. So the closest retailer um, to Seattle is Topper, and I think I talked to Rob Topper, and he's like, "Yeah, we we got them. Like, you know, just let me know." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Fuck, man! <laughs> like, fuck you, Rob. Just, or Rob, whatever your name is. <laughs> I I just I I couldn't do it. Hmm. It 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 doesn't feel right for Seiko, and, and I know they came out with those." reinterpretation i think it's the sbdc 051 prospects ones yeah it looks it looks cool don't get me wrong if if you have one i i think they look like like a like an awesome reinterpretation of the watch but it just for what i was looking for in a 62 mas 
it just didn't nail it for me. I, I, um, I, I'm trying to think of a way to describe my feelings about the prospects without upsetting anyone that has the watch. I think if you have that watch and you like it, that's awesome. Because I've seen really good photos of it from our users and it's great. It will always remind me. The school I went to when I was very young, you know when they were teaching you how to learn to read the clock and it was like the, well, it was a wooden clock and you could move the hands? Like, uh-huh, yeah. My clock looked like the Seiko with like the big hour <laughs> hand and I'm just and so every time I see that I just think of little Kaz. You know what I mean? The only gotcha. the only the only only brown kid in school, the only the only chip in the cookie just like learning how to tell time and I just I I I I remember before hearing about the price having a weird sinking feeling cuz you were very optimistic, you were very excited and I was just like no man, it's just it's just it's just weird. I just I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know? I literally I literally got my dick stepped on. <laughs> it was just like not in a good way. Let's just clarify, not, not in a good way. All right, not in a good way. <laughs> um, man, yeah, that's that's it for me. Otherwise, it's it's a lovely watch. Proportions are great. The aesthetic is like dead on when you compare it to the original. Um, but like once again, I look at something like that, which was veering four thousand dollars um and something like this doxa which like the pre-order you can get for like barely two grand um no well, I, I hear think, you man. I, I, I think the doxas i think this is the, the docs is a smarter buy like in in the long run you know i don't know here's the here's I, the thing I, also if you bought that seiko and it came on your doorstep and you wore it and you loved it and all that stuff like that I know. I think I know you pretty well to the point where after a week you'd feel pretty guilty. I'd feel super guilty, and I'd feel terrible about wearing like such a, I guess, hoity-toity Seiko. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. like how else to describe it. It's like they marketed it as like super limited, uh, you know, like this ultra pristine, like high luxury diver, um, you know. And I'm just like, fuck, I, I like. I want to wear the damn thing. <laughs> and this docs is super limited too. And I, I see people like putting them in safes already. I'm like, fuck you guys. Man. Like, I'm going to wear I'm this, gonna wear this thing, thing and do the dishes. All right. <laughs> I'm doing them tonight. We're making pizza. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Enough about me. How, how about you? Like what, what kind of, what kind of, um, you know, hit you in the nuts this year? <laughs> trying to think. I have so one thing pops into my head. I'm gonna need your guidance on this a little bit because generally when we're on air and we're recording, and when I get upset, I don't recall. <laughs> okay. I just don't recall what happens. The the we we finish recording and the people are like, oh, Kaz, it was funny when you said that. I said that. That's awful. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, why would someone say it? So like, I there's probably something I reacted more negatively to that you're gonna remember. But off the top of my head, I think. What really upset me this year was um, Basel releasing so many different Black Bay iterations that no one asked for. <laughs> like specifically the two-toned gold black dial one, because you know, Michael, I have a very, I have a very daredevil Electra destructive relationship. For some reason. With the stupid Rolex Submariner two-tone blue dial, there's no reason I should like that watch. I think I think the greasy brown person in me just loves that watch. <laughs> it's like it's like me with the big pilot. I, I know exactly yes. what you mean. Yeah, I but- think I think you I think you brought it up in our uh, 
in our guiltiest uh, watch pleasure. I must episode. have way back like yeah when we were in the single digits <laughs> we should do we should do another guilty watch pleasure episode i remember i talked yeah. about the listener dead free i still fucking love that watch and uh i might have talked about that um a two-tone blue dial submariner but the thing is there's no reason i should like that watch but there's something particularly about that watch that i i fucking just i i, I just want to i want to wear that watch and womanize it just brings out the worst in me you know what i'm saying like there's just something about that watch that I shouldn't uh, like. So you would think I would love the two-tone Tudor bullshit Black Bay they came out with, right? No. Yeah. I don't like that watch. Yeah. I'm sorry if someone uh, does like that watch. It's just not for me. I also can't really control my emotions. I'm either emotionally dead inside or something has to die. I don't really... Uh, that could be some kind of mental condition. I'm not really entirely sure. But my reaction to that watch right off the bat... The only thing I've really ever been apathetic to in my life is oatmeal. I think, in all honesty, <laughs> it's 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 easy to kind of be you know back and forth with oatmeal. I guess you know what I mean. Not care about it very I just, much. I don't really give a shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because I have to eat it and I'm poor, but I'm not particularly thrilled about it. Nor am I upset. <laughs> you know what I mean. I gotcha. But most things I have a very kind of polar reaction to, and for some reason that two tone black. Because I think in my mind, if that watch is like four or five thousand bucks new. I could just save fucking another thousand or two thousand on top of that and just buy the fucking Rolex two tone blue dial used. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how much this one is. Oh my god, there's so many black bays. There's so the many black bays, right? dude. It's like there are as many black bay versions as there are Cheerios types. There is so many goddamn types of Cheerios cereal. I don't even know where to start. Ancient grain, yeah. multi grain, you know. <laughs> Four thousand nine hundred seventy-five. That's a that's out. that's a lot of single dollars. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that is a ridiculous amount of money for a watch that I would purchase solely because it reminds me of another watch I like. That's be, that, that that's like dating a girl who has brown hair because the girl that dumped me has brown hair. You know what I mean? It just like I <laughs> it, it's just like though that watch specifically really i don't know if i've ever talked about this on air but that watch specifically really annoys me <laughs> is there anything that you're recalling i had a much more angry reaction to on air because i i honestly can't remember if i did man i i might have to i might have to ask the listeners to remind us because we we might have had some some kaz meltdowns might have had some mic meltdowns this year <laughs> so Maybe this is as we're as we're getting close close to the recap, we can reach out for reminders. Uh, what is your favorite Cas meltdown moment, guys? <laughs> <laughs> was it Barabbas? Yeah. Barabbas was a good one. Yeah, and besides the time I called everybody cocksuckers, <laughs> uh, if I had another meltdown, <laughs> let us know. I just but think yeah, it was this... so unexpected because you approached it very cordially. I think like you were just like, yeah, and. One of you cocksuckers, and I'm like, did he just call? <laughs> did he just call the people who are choosing to listen to us cocksuckers, Michael? No. <laughs> and then, and then we watch the we watch all the Patreon withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> just so and so has modified their contribution to, to zero. zero. Yep. <laughs> Seen a couple of those come in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, telling man. you, man. But yeah, if there's any moments that you guys recall that we're not recalling, you know, of us in terms of like highs and lows, 
definitely let us know what's up. I can tell you right now, just just abstractly, probably one of my greatest and most favorite moments on air. Also, weirdly enough, one of my lowest moments is when I really decided that I want to go give Rivka a shot, like give the brand idea a shot. Mm-hmm. It was also yeah. it was also at my lowest moment where I just like reached a point in like my professional life where I just did not like the person that I chose to become. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was definitely a um a good highlight. That mm-hmm. that probably changed my life. I mean, looking and back some some now, great support from from the people that listen to the show. Awesome. Yeah, that was it. That was that was the turning point where people who reached out. A lot of the guys that reached out, like you, basically just became my friends because I think. We connected. I think it's really easy for people to connect with something like that I went through, like finding yourself in a professional sort of situation where the checks are coming in. The checks are probably even honestly really good. Everything is comfortable, but every Mm -hmm. day you go to work and you struggle to make coffee and you put your shoes on and you get in your car and you drive to work. Every single day of doing that is a day that you wasted your life and you're never going to get it back. You know what I mean, and, I, and that, that wear that wears away at you like like fucking like like water on soft stone. Like over time, you know, you just there's just a hole in your heart. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I think <clears throat> that was definitely a good high low moment for me. But if there's anything you know specifically related to watches <laughs> uh, that you guys uh, want to call out, definitely let us know. It's up. Um, I don't really know how to recap this show. This was the. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we have to. I don't think, I don't we, think we have. I don't to. really know even how to know. Yeah, we just this was a freestyle episode. Um, the past few episodes have been very structured, so we just wanted to do like a really fun, open forum discussion. 2017 recap. Actually, a lot of really good discussion just on the idea of you know the instant watch classic. The idea of you know what makes a watch collectible. Hold on, I'm gonna sneeze. Huh? Uh, tap huh? Rate. Yeah, there we go. God damn it, I'm so unprofessional. Not wearing (laughs) pants, I'm drinking beer on air, I'm sneezing, and fucking cats are crying all around me. But, um, great discussion about that. Also, really just good discussion just about Lino. Uh, some fun highlights over the past year, good wind-up talk. Um, are there any other noteworthy moments from 2017 we want to bring up? Um, I don't know what episode it was, what number it was, but I think the first episode where we uttered the phrase "watch fast," I think that yeah. that deserves yeah. that deserves to be recognized because that was. Hey, uh, and by the way, we might have to talk about this off air, but I think I'm seeing some people use the <clears throat> "watch fast" hashtag uh, that have no connection to us, which I know are not listeners and are not tagging us. Are they? So this thing. This thing might be getting bigger than we thought. Are they? Are they? You are they doing a wash bash though? Yeah. Huh. Um, if you guys are out there and you see folks <laughs> using the watch fast hashtag, um, just as like a kind courtesy, be like, oh, or like you can even tag us. Be like, oh, this is awesome. Two book watch knobs. Check out, you know, who's doing that? Who the watch fast? Blah blah blah. So on and so on and so forth. I would really like to. I would prefer to kind of let people know that that was something that. Really, you know, Michael and I started. I think that would just be just kind of fun to hang on to, along with like Seiko Catterday and all the other <laughs> fucking hashtags, <laughs> you know. But no, that good, good eye. I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice that. Metallica hates watches. <laughs> Rolexes. Roaches wearing Rolexes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, I will plug titillating timepieces uh, because I think he uses every single hashtag we've ever mentioned in all of his shots. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, if you see folks using the watch fast hashtag, um, just very politely, you know, just comment. Super, super cool. Great watch to watch fast with two book watch knobs. Check out who's doing your watch fast now. Something like that. Just to just to let people know that, you know, um, I, I would just really hate for some other person to like take ownership of it. And then it would just get really weird. Does that make sense, Michael? Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> I think, I think that'll, I think that suffices as a, as a recap as a time. I mean, do, do, do you want to do the outro or should I? Yeah, no, otherwise, thanks for listening guys. Uh, you know, the year isn't over yet. We're gonna, well, how many more episodes do we have before, uh, 2018? One more? Two more. So this episode is going to air on the 11th. Then there's another episode on the 18th. There's an episode on the 25th. Oh my god, we have an episode on Christmas. We should do a Christmas special. We should. Oh, I'm so excited. I love Christmas. Um, And then the next episode... Oh no, and then in a couple episodes after that, it's going to be my wedding. So it'll be the wedding watch episode. Mm. A lot of fun stuff coming. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, um, we always really appreciate the fact that you guys listen to the show and that you write in, you know, email us, DM. Um, and yeah. Pretty soon we're gonna be uh, gonna be in 2018 and have another whole year of uh, shit talking. Whole year of <laughs> whatever the whatever the fuck this show is about. <laughs> uh, all right, is it time? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. This is Guy Fierro. You've listened to Two Gold Watch Knobs. Later. Yeah.